Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a series we're doing called From Nothing to Something. And uh, as we continue on, this will actually be the last week of this series. So uh, 13 weeks in, uh, took an entire quarter. Um, this, this, it was all sort of focused on a verse, 1 Peter 2.10, where um, Peter says, once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. And uh, he, that's not good. He, uh, it's fine. He laid out the uh, sort of the foundation of being a believer in the first chapter of 1 Peter and then up through this, uh, these uh, first 12 verses in 2 Peter, or 1 Peter chapter 2. He's been talking about sort of how that then moves out of us and how it impacts the world around us. So over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the importance of telling the world how amazing Jesus is, that we're to be proclaimers of who he is and the one who brought us out of darkness into light. And so we've been talking about, you know, telling people about his love and his mercy and his grace and his power and his compassion and his desire to heal and restore and make broken people whole once again. And that this is the calling of our lives uh, in, in the process. So uh, I want to finish that discussion up today and then we'll, we'll be moving on um, Palm Sunday is coming up and then Easter Sunday so they'll get their own messages and then we'll start a new series on the other side of that and actually liturgically this is known as Passion Sunday or the fifth Sunday in Lent for uh, any of you that are interested that's where we're at on the scale of things that's the intro transition always a bad joke or two why did the uh, the old guy fall into the well because he couldn't see that well bad right but it sets up this one. It sets up this one. So now, you'll, now you're going to laugh. How many opticians does it take to change a light bulb? Is it one or two? One or two? Is it one or two? One or two? You don't get that one? You haven't been to the optician lately. Is it this one or is it this one? Yeah, it's a whole glasses thing. Optician, yeah. Okay. Oof. Scripture reading. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Yeah, I know. You should have heard me explain last week's. First Peter, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So I want to finish up this series by talking about how we're to keep on living this amazing life that Peter's been describing throughout this series. And, and, uh, and, and then we're going to end up but, but it's funny, as I've been studying, 1 Peter 2.12 has sort of captured my attention. Live such good lives among the, it says pagans, or I like the word pre-Christians, that uh, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. So I, sometimes I get stuck in a verse. So actually that's going to be the sort of foundation for our next series. And I'm calling it Living Invitations. And uh, so that's where we're going to head after Easter. But I'm excited about that. And the wristbands are already in. I'm in the thing for the new series. I like a new series. I like a new wristband. Gives you something to think about. Help yourselves on the way out. 
So um, today we're going to finish up this one. Point number one, be prepared to give the reason for your hope. We need to be prepared to give the reason for our hope. Um, one of the main themes in First Peter is hope. We've spent several messages on hope. We've talked about living hope. And this, this hope uh, that we have in him is amazing because it's powerful and it's life-changing. And it's, it's not just a, a worldly hope that's sort of based on something that we would, you know, we, we want to happen. Like, you know, I hope uh, my team wins or whatever. But, but it's based on the promises of God and uh, the history we have of God being faithful to his promises and seeing them come to fruition. And so this living hope is, is an amazing thing. And, and um, we're to be prepared, the scripture says, to give the reason for our hope. Peter says it in the next chapter, actually, 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asked you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I like that. In your heart, set, a Christ, uh, set apart Christ as Lord, and always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now, this is really significant. Um, because the best way that we have to impact the world around us is, is with our, our, our life and our message uh, and that, that those things are, you know, we're walking those out in integrity and that what we say we believe and how we live it out are matching up to the best of our ability. And that the, the, the important way of doing that, and this is very important, is that we keep our own hearts happy in the Lord. This is, this is a significant thing. You know, the, the reason for the hope that you have, you be, be prepared to answer, and so you need to live in a way where you're, you understand that you're living in that hope, and that the way we do that is to keep our own hearts happy in the Lord. We do that as we, as we spend time in the Word, and as we spend time in, our, in prayer, and, and we, you know, our hearts um, settle in Christ, and, and our lives settle in Him. And we, we get a hold of how important it is to uh, have this hope. And, and when we think about how we would tell other people about it, how, it helps us to stay sharp and prepared and not allow ourselves to get dragged off into the sort of hopelessness that is often, you know, so prevalent in the culture around us. We, we live in a, a very sort of hopeless culture. Uh, or and the ones that do have hope hope in wrong things, and then they're they're depressed and disappointed and discouraged all the time, and and so um, our hearts, you know, come to life as we as we spend time in the Word and as we spend time in prayer, and um, we continually stay focused on Him. Hebrews ten twenty three, uh, the writer of Hebrews actually says, "Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for He who promised is faithful." So. This idea of holding on to this hope, of being a hope-filled people is really important as we live this out. And, and let me say that we have a very real enemy, and that's another one of his tactics. He's constantly trying to steal your hope away. I told you, he's all about stealing away our lives. And, you know, when, um, when we come to know Jesus, he, he, he tried to keep that from happening. He tried to keep you blinded to the truth. But, but having come to know Jesus, having come to know the truth, now he, he's, he can't take that 
from you, but what he does is try and keep you from living life right now, the life that you're called to, because when you live that life, not only does it impact you, it impacts everybody around you. So we need to be people that are thinking about this hope and, and why we're hopeful and what that's all about. One of the things we need to know, the writer of Hebrews just told us, and this is point number two, is that God is faithful. This is one of the things that, that should be sort of constant in, in our lives um, as a people of hope is that God is faithful. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.13, and this is really cool, even if we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot discern himself. He's, he's faithful because that's part of who he is. He's just faithful. And, and you, you can't move away from that. That's who God is. God is always faithful. It's who he is. He remains faithful even, even when uh, and, or if we are faithless. He is, God is good. He's only good. And he wants you to have a full life. John 10.10, you should know this verse. We talk about it all the time. Jesus said that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. That's the heart of God, that you have life and that's full and abundant. It's now and forever. It's, there, there's, there's nothing else like it. There's nothing that compares to it. it it's an amazing adventure and journey. It's, it's not a promise that we never have to deal with difficult things because we live in a fallen world and a broken planet. But it's, it's, the, it's the best life that you could have this side of heaven. There's nothing else quite like it. And so, so Jesus said, I've come so that you can have full and abundant life. And there's a now component to it. And so, you know, as we talk about being hopeful, you have to ask yourself, do you believe that verse? Do you believe that Jesus has come to give you full and abundant life? Do you, do you think that's the heart of God, that he wants to ex you, you to experience that kind of life? Or do you, do you think somehow now that, that following Christ means that, that your life is just one big sort of unending sacrifice with no fun? That, that you sort of go, well, you know, uh, now that I'm in, I'm really happy about that because, you know, what he's done for me. But now no more fun. Now we're just going to, you've just got to buckle down and plod through. And it's not the heart of God because he knows when you're experiencing full and abundant life, that's what impacts the, the people around us who don't know Christ yet because they're looking for something. See, They're not settled. They, they're trying all sorts of things to make life work, and it doesn't work. And, and we keep having opportunities then to speak into them about uh, uh, how much life can really be had. Uh, you know, some people think that the only fun that's to be had is out in the world doing things that you shouldn't do. And I don't believe that to be true at all. In fact, um, a full life, an abundant life, is found by doing things His way. See, the reason for that is, point number three, is that He's your, he's your Abba Father. He, he's your Daddy, uh, is, is how that sort of translates down. And... and um, that's his heart. I was at a, a, sitting around a pool somewhere at one point in time at some meeting for something, and there was a lot of uh, people from international communities around there, and I, I heard these two little kids, um, and I'm not, I don't know what country they're from, but they went running up, their dad came down into the scene, and they went running up, and that was their language, and it was so cool to hear them, Abba, Abba, yay, and they, and, and, and he loved on them, and I was, it was such a great picture uh, to actually hear that coming out. Uh, of them. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's his heart for us. Romans eight fifteen. you did not receive a spirit 
that makes you a slave again to fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. So, so the Holy Spirit in us, we've talked a lot about that in this message. Um, by him, now we, we, we see Papa, you know, he's our daddy. And there's something very special about that that means something. And, and when you sort of take that in, the next thing that you can do is, is instead of thinking of this book as just a big rule book of things that you can't do, you start seeing it as a love letter that Daddy wrote to you. And he wrote this love letter to you. And he, he wrote you this, this book so that you would have the most abundant life possible. Um, that's why he wrote it. It wasn't so that you, you didn't have, you couldn't have fun. It's not a book about these are the things that you can't do. It's really not that kind of book. It's really a book about how to have life uh, and what that looks like. You know, he's not a big, people think sometimes God is like a big meanie, no, 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 no. You know, when he created everything, he told them yes to everything but one thing. You know, there was one no in the whole deal in the beginning. Just one. Don't eat from that tree. That was it. Everything else I've created for you, we're going to hang out all the time. This is, there's gonna, no stress, no worries, no problems. Everything's good. You don't have any shame. You got nothing. You got me whenever you want me to hang around. I want to hang around you. Let's chat. We're going to have life. Here's the only deal. Just don't eat that. Don't, that tree one. No. That's no. That's it. Everything else. Yes, 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 yes. No. What, well, what'd they do? <laughs> Over time. Eh, the enemy comes in. Did he think he really meant no? Like no? Or was it sort of a kind of no? And that's what twisted the whole deal, right? And broke everything. And that's the issue we have. But, but the book is a, it's a love letter about how to live life. And don't ever look at it as just a big giant rule book of, of you know, what you, the things you can't do. It's really all about the things that you can do to experience life. And, and when he exhorts you not to do something, it's not so that you don't have fun. It's so that you experience the most fun that you can have. He wants you to stay intact. See, he, he cares about your soul as well. And so he wants you to live a life intact and whole, and he knows what's best for you. And anything that he's telling you not to do, it's because it's the enemy's domain, and he's trying to keep you free from that because there's no life there. And so he's, he, he's telling you, if you, were, if you were blessed enough to have a, a halfway decent father growing up, you are, uh, well, you know, I say that none of us had perfect parents, you, you know, and some of you had some great parents, and that's cool. So, so if you had, let's say, I just left it, father, and leave it because we're talking about him, but you had parents. See, you had good parents. Um, when they told you no about stuff, it wasn't because they didn't want you to have fun. It wasn't because they didn't care about you. It's they told you no about things because they really cared about you. Uh, and, and, and their no's were always because they wanted to keep you safe and whole so that you could experience real life. I know, I know with my own kids, sometimes it was hard. We, we had no's on some things. We had yeses on lots of things, but some things were no. And sometimes the no's that we had weren't the no's that their friends were getting. And that was hard for them. And I would say, I'm so sorry. And I know you don't understand this now. And you probably think I'm, a, I'm the worst person going right at this moment. But there's a reason I'm telling you no. And it's, it's because I love you. You may not get that right now, but that's the reality. But see, this book, and why we need to spend time in this book, that's, that's, it's a love letter. It's, this is how to have life. This is what I want you to experience. And you need to know that. And, and um, 
you know, if you, if you had parents that spoke into you like that as kids, and some people didn't, and, and that's very difficult, and some, you know, I use the parent thing, and for some it's very difficult, but um, as imperfect as your parent was, um, they, were, they were trying to love you and keep you safe um, when they were telling you things that you, you shouldn't do. That was their heart, and that's always God's heart for us, and we need to know that so that, so that we don't avoid the book. You've got to be, we've, we've talked about that a lot in this series. You've got to spend some time in the book. See, the book, book and prayer, Bible and prayer, keeps your heart happy in the Lord. And you need to have that in your life. You, you have to have those two things. And, and those are the two of the places the enemy tries to keep you from. From this in prayer, right? I mean, you, you get it, right? You, you, if you don't make it a priority, it will not happen. And, and the only one who thinks that's a, a win is the enemy. So he's trying to... Oh, that's not a good book. Don't read that book. Look, it's full of no's. But he was the guy who started the whole no process. You know, oh, that no. He, he shouldn't tell you no. That's the issue. So, four. What are you holding on to? This is a big question as we kind of finish up the series. What are you holding on to? That verse that I read in Hebrews 10.23 um, says we're to hold unswervingly onto our hope. But sometimes we hold on to other things. And you sort of have to ask yourself, what is it besides hope that maybe you're holding on to? So for some people, they're holding on to worry. Are you one of those people? You hold on to worry? Do you hold on to fear? Do you hold on to anxiety? Is that what you, you know, if you're thinking about it, is that where you find yourself more times rather than holding on to your hope and knowing that he's good and that he's got you and that he's faithful and even if we're not, he is and that he's, he's given us, you know, the way to live this life. Um, but, you know, we, we get overwhelmed and we start thinking about all the bad things that might happen and, you know, worry kind of comes on us and it's very easy for us to get distracted and, and, and you know, some people, are, some people are really good at worrying. You ever, you ever know anybody like that? I mean, like, like can take one situation and come up with a hundred scenarios in a very short period of time of how bad this whole thing might get. And they spend so much emotional energy worrying about those things and, you know, there's a statistic that I always kind of throw out that I think it's funny. And it's like 92% of things that you worry about never happen. But the reason I hate to give that is real worry also go, see, 8%. I knew it. <laughs> you know, it's such a waste of time. And, and we've talked about this. Instead of holding on to worry, pray. Pray is, prayer is effective. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes, you know, either either the, the circumstance God might change. Uh, mostly it changes us, but it's powerful. It's effective. It does something. Worry doesn't do anything. Complete waste of your emotional energy in life. Uh, and, and so what are you holding on to? Do you find yourself holding on to worry or fear or anxiety? Pray so that your hope comes back, so you're hanging on to hope. Um, sometimes people get stuck because they're holding on to having to have it their way. And you know, Sometimes his way and our way are different ways. And again, I promise you, his way is always better than our way. But we'll get stubborn sometimes and we'll, get, we'll tenaciously hang on to things that are our way and not his way. And there's no life there. You'll find quickly there's no life there. So you, you, you want his way. You want his will. So, so where's your hope? What are you hoping in? The Apostle Paul said in Colossians 1.27, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I love that verse. Christ in you, the hope 
of glory. So we hold on to Jesus. He's, he's the hope of glory. And, and, you know, we're to start our days um, keeping our hearts happy in the Lord. I mean, we spend some time in the Word. We, we spend some time in prayer. We, we remember that He's faithful. We remember that He's good, always good, only good. That we remember that He wants us to experience real, full, and abundant life now and forever. And no matter what the day brings, we hold on to Jesus. Because that's where life is found. And we just keep hanging on. And, and when worry and anxiety and fear try to come in, we pray. And we, we stop and we pray because that's where life is. But be, you know, don't be anxious. Pray. That's what he tells us to do. And so he's our hope. He's our, in this series, we, we know he's our hope. He's our great priest. He's our, our faithful father. Um, and, and, and we're his treasure. And we're his pearl. We looked at all those things. And, and in his love, we're, we're to live for him. And we're, we're to live this life in a way that it impacts the world around us as, as a hope-filled people. People experiencing the love and the presence of God in their daily lives. And always remembering that and living that the best that we can in the world around us. So that's how we sort of bring this series to a close. And um, some of this will move into the next series. But, uh, but that's good for today. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. We appreciate you doing that. Come and visit us when you get a chance. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page. Fill those prayer pages in, those things, and we will pray for you.